No doubt a lot of people are singing that this morning yeah. all, over the, all over the country, but um, it's one thing to sing it. It's another thing to have him living inside. Yes, that's it. <clears throat> and if we know anything about the resurrection of the Lord, it'll be through the Spirit. The that's the only way. The that's the only way you can know about the resurrecting power of the Lord. It has no more to do... The resurrection of Christ has no more to do with raising a dead body out of a tomb than it does bunny rabbits and eggs. Yes, Not right. a bit more. No. It has to do with the spirit. It has to do with the thing inside of man that is dead to God. The inner man. The real person that dwells in that house of clay. Your body houses a spirit. Yes. It houses something that has uh, a dimension of God with it. It's called, uh, it's called the inner man. Yes. It's unlike any other animal that lives on the face of the earth. The soul of man. When God made man and he, he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Right. Not only a living body, but a living soul. Something inside of you that means more than the things around us. Yes. <laughs> I think it's time people wake up and, and quit believing all the things that people are talking about. So-called Christian people are telling a lot of things that's not backed up by the word of the Lord. No, it's not. all over the country. Everywhere you go, every, you talk to people, they're confused, they're misled. They're, they've been taught false doctrines. They've yes. been taught things that there's no basis for in the Word of God. They've been taught that their, uh, that their bodies would be healed. They've been taught that their bodies are going to be raised up out of the graveyard some thousands of years afterward, after, after it's all over with, and we've been dead and buried. They're taught that. People, yes, they people teach that out of the Word of God, and it has no basis in the Word of God. God never intended that your body should live forever. No. Nowhere in the scripture, not one verse anywhere in this book can you back that up, that God ever had an intent that these bodies of ours should live forever. Right. He never right. did. Never. <clears throat> but he does have an intent that the soul of man should live forever. Yes. And I'm glad for that. I want to say I'm a little embarrassed. Seems like every time I come down here, I, th I think it'd be better if y'all spread this work around a little more. I just, I just feel that way. Where we live, we try to do that. Yes. I don't, I don't preach any more at home than anybody else does. You'd have to come live there, maybe, but that's true. But I'm, I'm glad to serve the Lord, and I'm glad that we do serve a risen Savior. The Lord is risen indeed. Yes, he and, is. And uh, as a brother spoke last night, and I want to say I certainly did enjoy that. that I just really touched a chord in my heart. Um, I tell you, you just you just give me ten good sanctified people that's hit rock bottom, yeah. cut right down yeah. through all the flack and all the trash that people try to put off on you, and got an experience with God, yeah. and they live right, and they talk right, and they walk right, and they got faith. Yes. Let me live with them people. Yes, they don't right. have to be famous. No. They don't have to have a lot of this world's goods. But that's the kind of people that I love. Yes. I'd rather have that than have 10,000 people that's got an artificial religion. That's right. I'd rather have it. 
Absolutely. <clears throat> so I'm encouraged to serve the Lord. I thought as he was reading last night, I'm not trying to add anything to it, but uh, as those two people was walking on the road there on their way to uh, Emmaus, Jesus come along and a appeared with them there, but yet he was withholding from them. They, yeah. they didn't realize who he was. And it said he, uh, he began at Moses and began to, and the prophets, and he began to expound to them the scriptures. And, um, and it says, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things? and to enter into his glory. Yes. When Christ came among them, and he appeared like no other man had ever appeared. Yes. Nobody ever came in the fashion that Jesus came. No. When John the Baptist came out of the wilderness and he began to preach to the people, they were attracted to his preaching. That's right. It had wisdom, it had power, it had spirit, and they listened to him. But when Jesus come among them, yes. and John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He was a special man. Yes, They'd was. never had anybody appear to them in that fashion before. And he lived among them some few years and began to do miracles in their presence. He turned the water into wine. and He could have done many more miracles, but he didn't want them to be taken back by the miracles. He just did enough to give credits to what he said. Yes. He just wanted them to listen. Yeah. He wanted them to hear what he said. When he appeared before the, with the woman at the well and the woman of Samaria as she began to draw, he didn't do any great miracle for her. No. It wasn't any great thing that he did. All he did was tell her about her past life. Right. He knew all about her. But he had something to give that woman. And she says, Lord, evermore give me that water. Yes. She knew he had something. And when he talked out, we just, we've been reading some of this in Sunday school. He, uh, he healed the, the sick and the afflicted and he restored sight to the blind. Yeah. But it seems like every time that he did one of these miracles... After a little portion of time, it seems like there was so much talk about him, and especially from the Jewish people of the, of the country of that yes. day, that they would almost uh, squelch it and put it down and kind of get things back on the track and get them back to normal and get the people all disquieted. And then along come Jesus and he'd do another miracle. Yes. And it seemed like every one of them was just a little bit greater than the one before. That's right. Martha and Mary came along there one time and their yes. brother had died. Yes. Yes. And they said, Lord, if you'd have been here, our brother would not have died. And that may be true. I don't know. But that's what they believed. And he told them, he said, Lazarus shall rise again. And they said, Lord, we know that he shall rise in the resurrection at the last day. You know that belief is still common today? Yes, that's right. After all these years, after all this writings of the Word of God, after all the preaching that's been done, people still believe that today. But Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. (coughs) True. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Never die. 
Are y'all ready to use some common sense on that scripture? Yes. You ready to cut down to the bottom of it and find out what it's talking about? Yes. How can a corpse, how can a man that is dead, physically dead, believe anything? He doesn't have capacity to believe. Jesus said, He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He's talking about a different kind of death. He's talking about a different kind of death. He's talking about spiritual death. He's talking about the thing inside of you that should be alive to God and is dead because of Adam's transgression. That's the truth. He's talking about that being made alive again. That's what he's talking about. He went on to raise Lazarus from the dead in a natural form, physical man. Lazarus came out. It took that for those people to understand. It took that for them to to really believe that he was not an imposter. He said things among them that it'd be difficult to believe. It would have been difficult for you and I if we'd have been there to have believed some of the things that he did. But he backed it up with the works that he had. And he told his disciples on one place, he said, if you don't believe me, then believe for the works sake, the works sake that I do among you. And indeed he did do things among them. But anyway, these people were troubled and they were, they were distraught because they had believed that Jesus would save them and would redeem Israel and would restore it back as it was at the days of David and Solomon when it was a prominent kingdom and when people looked up to it and, and uh, it, was a, it was a kingdom of splendor. Queen of Sheba, when she comes, she said the half has not been told. That's right. And she was uh, inclined not to believe. But when she looked at it and when she saw the wisdom of Solomon yes, and, all, and his right. courts and his people and the way, they, the way they went out and the way they come in and the way they serve their God, she said the half has not been told. Right. And these people were looking for that kind of restoration. Yes. Jesus had something greater for people than that. Yes, he true. has something more far-reaching than that. He had something deeper than that, something that went down to the soul of man. And that's the kingdom that he's established in the world today. Yes. Jesus says, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? It was written by the prophets. It was yes. spoken of uh, by the prophets of old. 53rd chapter of Isaiah tells you about how the man would suffer. Yes. It tells you about it. And they didn't believe. They didn't have... Maybe they didn't have ability to believe. But anyway, they didn't believe. But he started at Moses and the prophets, and he began to expound to them the scriptures concerning himself. Well, when he appeared to them, they didn't hardly believe that it was him. They had difficulty. They were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. Yes. Jesus was risen now from the dead. He came back to his disciples, and this is the state that he found them in. They were terrified, they were affrighted, and they supposed that he had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled, and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as you see me have. He was trying to get across to them the reality, the simplicity of the Spirit of God. It's not a mysterious thing that you can't understand. It's not something too far removed from you that that you can't understand. But if you would listen, if you'd be attentive, if you would do like the Scripture says, it says when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. But when it shall turn to the Lord... 
the veil shall be taken, taken away. away. This right. veil of misunderstanding, this veil of, of can't quite grasp, when you begin to turn your heart to the Lord, it'll be taken away. Yes, You'll begin right. to understand. You'll be like these people was when, when the Lord manifest Himself to us and they said, did not our hearts burn within us while He walked with us along the way? Well, Jesus was going to tell them something here. He went ahead and He, he took fish and, and a honeycomb and He ate it to prove to them that it was Him. Yes. It was not another. It was the very one that had, cruci that had been crucified and that rose from the dead. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake to you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Yes. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Yes. We need some of that, don't we? That's what we need. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooves Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and ye are witnesses to these things. And behold, now this is Jesus talking to His disciples after He had risen from the dead. Yeah. And behold, I send the promise of the Father yeah. upon you, right. but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Yeah. There was something for them people to do at that time. They had come a long ways with the Lord. Yeah. They had believed yeah. His words. They had forsaken all to come and be His disciples. He had told them people things that He had never told anybody yeah. else. And they were coming a long ways. They were coming right on, but when it come down for Jesus to be put on trial, and the tide of uh, popular opinion began to be turned, and they found themselves without the Spirit, because Jesus had not been glorified, and the Holy Ghost had not been given, and they found themselves without power, without the Spirit, they were His disciples, they had followed Him, but they found themselves in that position without power, without the Spirit to stick, to stand up for Him. Probably the boldest one that we have record of was the very one that God chose to show that you can't do it alone. You can't do it by yourselves. You can't stand up for God in every situation by yourselves. Apostle Peter began to deny his Master. Yeah. The same man that had forsook his father and his trade and everything that he had to follow the Lord. Uh, very, very bold, very strong to serve the Lord. But yet at that particular time, he found himself powerless. And they began to say, you're one of his disciples. And he said, I don't know the man. I don't know him. And uh, another young lady come up and says, your speech betrayeth Yes. And he began to curse and to swear. Hard to believe, isn't it? Peter, the apostle. He began to curse and to swear and to deny the Lord. And the Lord looked over at him and the cock crew. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. I think he repented. But Jesus told his disciples... Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, 
But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, some people might think that's a thousand years from now, but I don't think the Bible teaches that. Oh, it don't. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto his apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he shewed himself alive after his passion, after his death, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them. We just read about that. Commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. What was the promise of the Father? It was the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what God had promised them. John baptized them with water. These disciples, they were baptized of John. Jesus was baptized of John, but there was a promise of the Father that was greater than that of John the Baptist. It was more far-reaching. It had more power with it. And he said, Ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? They couldn't seem to get away from it. They really believed that he would come back and restore uh, the kingdom of Israel was dispersed at this time. Yes, that's right. The kingdom of uh, Judah and the kingdom of Israel was dispersed. I mean, it was just almost wiped out. There was just a few people scattered here and there that was really serving the Lord like the law of Moses had commanded that they yes, should. But as far right. as it being a kingdom like it was in previous days, it was not. And no. yet these people were Israelites, they were Jews. They had seen the glory, and they looked for the Lord to come and restore that again. That's what they were looking for. But I tell you, when I think about the kingdom that he restored, we sing a song sometimes about uh, uh, his kingdom was in hearts alone. He did not sit upon a throne of ivory. Uh, But... uh, well, I can't seem to think about it. But anyway, his kingdom was in hearts alone. And he viewed his kingdom from a cross. When I think about the kingdom of God that he established, it was beyond their intelligence. It was beyond their understanding. They couldn't see. They couldn't understand what it meant. But he was talking about a kingdom that would reach down to you and I. He dwells in the high and the holy place. And with him also that is of an humble and a contrite spirit. And he was talking about a kingdom that would reach every land, every country, every generation, every person. The kingdom of God would reach that. Had he restored the kingdom of Israel like they looked for in that day, no doubt it would have come to naught again. It couldn't have stood. No earthly kingdom has ever stood. This country will fall. All countries will fall. But the kingdom of God stands forever. It's like the stone that Daniel saw cut out of the mountain without hand. This thing comes rolling down and it subdues and it conquers. And if you get a hold of it, you'll have power to stand. You won't be like Peter was when he denied the Lord. But anyway... They asked him would he restore the kingdom to Israel as at the beginning. And he said, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. It it leads me to believe that they didn't have any. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost 
is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, they went ahead in the first chapter of Acts and they began to um, cast lots to replace this Judas Iscariot that had fell. But anyway, after the lot was cast and it fell on Matthias and he was numbered with the eleven apostles, they began to do what the Lord had told them to do. They began to tarry at Jerusalem. They just sit there, just waiting, waiting as uh, David said, at the gates of thy house and at the posts of thy door. And it said, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They did what the Lord said. They did it like he said, and they were all of one accord in one place. That's a good, that's a good way to be. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Right. Things begin to happen. This is yes. not something that you just, you just bow your head and accept Christ and go on your way and it's all over with. But when, when people begin to turn to the Lord... When people get the conviction of God on them and you have guilt in your heart uh, and you begin to cry out to the Lord for salvation, there's a shaking going on. Something begins to happen uh, and it brings newness of life. Uh, The resurrection begins to work. Uh, The spirit and the power of the resurrection begins to work. Uh, It begins to shake and it begins to move uh, and the grave clothes of sin and of bondage that held people begin to fall off uh, and the spirit of God begins to raise people up. Had nothing to do with graveyards. No. Not a thing in the world. That's right. Has to do yes, with the spirit of man right. that dwells inside that is dead to God. That's the truth. Boy, Sounds like good sense to me. That's right. <clears throat> a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto their them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. I believe he said he baptized them with the Holy Ghost and with yeah, fire. Didn't that's it? Right. They got a little fire from heaven. Right. And I tell you, the, the, our God is a consuming fire. He when He too. comes down, He doesn't not only just warm your soul, He'll yeah. burn a dross out. Right. He'll refine you like refiner's fire, like fuller soap. Yeah. The Lord, when the Lord begins yeah. to work, He makes a change. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I'm not going to get into that, but I do want to make one comment here. If anybody thinks the second chapter of Acts backs up the speaking of an unknown tongue, they just hadn't read it. No, that's the truth. They just hadn't read the second chapter of Acts. It talks about men of all nations, all languages being assembled together and one man speaking and everybody understanding it in their own tongue. Yes, that's right. That's what the second chapter of Acts is talking about. Go read it. Yes. I don't want to get on that. I want to talk about this other. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And that when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. Yes, now, that's right. Uh, Jerusalem was quite a city at that time, and I suppose maybe still is, I don't know. But uh, dwelling at Jerusalem, all around here, there was Jews out of every nation under heaven. Yes. And when they began to hear about this, when they began to hear about these disciples in that upper room being baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire, 
They all come together. They want to know what that was all about. They want to, they want to find out about that. The multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Yes, right. uh, Parthian, Medes, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia in Egypt, in the parts of Libya, about Serene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, seeing one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Quite a controversy, quite a stir. They didn't understand what this was all about. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, Peter got sanctified that day. If you want to know what happened to Peter, he got sanctified on the day of Pentecost. He stood up with the eleven. It had been just a matter of days before this. Just a few days that he denied the Lord. That he began to curse and to swear and say, I know not the man. But he went out and he wept and he repented. And he came back and he followed the instructions that the Lord had told him. And he received this baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he stood up with the eleven. And he lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these men are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He began to recall the scriptures that the old prophets had spoken. I don't know whether he had recently studied that or not. I don't know if he had recently went back and read what Joel said, but I do think that he had the spirit from heaven that yes. began to call these things back. And he said, this was spoken by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass in the last days. Yeah. People still looking for the last days. You, you talk to people, go around and talk to them, and there you'll find they're still looking for the last days. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will shew wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and no day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is that. This was that on the day of Pentecost years and years ago. And this is still that today when God comes down and baptizes a person with the Holy Spirit from heaven, cleans out the dross of sin, takes out the desire to go away from God, unites that spirit back with God where you have fellowship with God like Adam did like Eve did when in the beginning when God came and walked with them in the cool of the day they looked forward to that Uh, he was their constant companion they had fellowship with God and the only thing that broke that fellowship was transgression that's right and when your transgressions are gone and the Lord redeems you and places you back at the beginning that's what you'll have you'll have that sweet 
communion, that he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his own. I think it's time people begin to use their intelligence when it comes to this Easter season and quit believing some of the stuff that's peddled in this country today. It's ridiculous. I don't wish to be in conflict with people. I, I, to the contrary, I'm, I'm kind of a conformist. I, I, I try my best, to, but, but I, can't, I can't reconcile what the people are preaching today and the Word of God. No. One of them's got to be wrong. That's right. One of them has to be wrong. Jesus was talking about the Spirit. One scripture we recently read in Sunday school, it said, This spake he of the Spirit, uh-huh. yeah. which they that believe should receive. That's right. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, for Jesus was not yet glorified. Now that was the condition that those people was in when Jesus walked and talked among them. They did not have the Holy Ghost. No, they didn't. It was not given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. But there come a time that the promise of the Father would be fulfilled. And these people did that very thing. And this is the last days. We could turn over to the first chapter of Hebrews and, and read about how God, who at sundry times and in divers' manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophet, yes. but in these last days hath spoken unto us by his Son. Yes, right. We could turn to the, to the 10th chapter of Hebrews and tell you that uh, how that the blood of beasts that was once offered uh, for sins, but now in these last days hath Jesus appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and to them that look for him should he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. I'm not going to read it further, but this is pretty good. The second chapter of Acts, Apostle Peter went on back and he began to, to uh, tell them about how that all the things that they had done had been written afore. They had taken this Holy One of Israel... And by wicked hands they had crucified. They put him before a determinate council, but God raised him from the dead. And that Jesus that arose in that day, he gave us a mark, he left us an example, and we can be partakers of that divine nature. We can be partakers of that resurrection through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. That's the only way we can.